Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we appreciate you joining us this week. As always, Denard, I'm just going to ask, man, start, starting it off, are you having a good start to your week so far? Did you have a good weekend? How, how are we doing on this beautiful day? You know what? I am doing great. The weather's beautiful. A little little chilly outside, but for, for the most part, I'm doing really good. It's allergy season, so if I can kind of get through. It is? Well, for me, it is because when the weather kind of changes, my allergies mm. seem to. Seasonal, uh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, I got a season, seasonal allergies, so they kind of act up. But other than that, man, I've been feeling great. I can't complain. Yourself? I'm doing well. I, I guess I'll probably get into a little bit more of my thoughts on how I'm feeling as we do this show, Denard, because to give the audience a heads up today, we are talking about the Titans promoting Todd Downing to offensive coordinator and Shane Bowen to defensive coordinator. We've got a lot of thoughts there. We'll also get into a little bit about what this Titans team will need moving forward as we get ready for the long offseason. Well, we've been speculating about what the Titans will do at the coordinator position. We finally have our answer. But before we get into all of that, I want to ask, do you believe? And Believe in Titans is presented by BetOnline.ag. The Super Bowl is here, and you can get in on all the action at BetOnline.ag. Denard, I'm still going back and forth at where I'm going to put my money. Right now, I'm leaning Chiefs minus three. I mean, it all, the granddaddy of them all comes up this Sunday. We'll see what happens. Um, I got to do some research. My favorite prop bet usually is how long the national anthem goes. Uh, Killed it last year with, I want to say it was Demi Lovato singing it, but um, called that one, so I got to do my research. I don't even know who's singing it, so I've, I've not been doing what I need to, but hey, Tampa Bay is the first team in history to play for the title on their home field. They're currently a three-and-a-half-point underdog on Bet Online. Last I checked, it was three, but hey, three-and-a-half right now. And again, it's against Kansas City looking for back-to-back titles for the first time in almost two decades. The team that just happened last time that happened, New England Patriots, Tom Brady. We'll see what happens there. But Bet Online has hundreds of props on the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, and as I just said, even the length of the national anthem. It's always available online on your mobile device. So visit Bet Online today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. D, I'm feeling, I'm in a good mood. So we're going to start nice. on what I thought was a little. I'll say it was a good decision, but we're going to go with the offensive side of the ball first and the Titans promoting Todd Downing to offensive coordinator. <clears throat> I got it. Whoa, 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 whoa. They, they uh, promoted who? Who did I say they were going to promote as you I? You called it. You called it. Oh, okay, thank promoting you. Promoting Todd Downing. Thank yes. Uh, so this, I, I guess I can hit a little bit of both. Jim Wyatt put this out last week, or yeah, I guess technically, yeah, the 29th, so that is last week, but he said that the Titans on Friday announced that they will fill their top two positions, offensive and defense coordinators, and they are making promotions from within their own staff. Todd Downing has been promoted to offensive coordinator, where he'll replace Arthur Smith, as we all know, who is headed to the Atlanta Falcons to be their defense or to be their head coach. And Shane Bowen has officially been named defensive coordinator after leading the defense a year ago as outside linebackers coach. He kind of had that de facto defensive coordinator tie. We've talked about it. We've been down that road, but. We now have our answer. So 
Uh, the Titans have been to the playoffs in two of Rabel's first three years. The Titans won the AFC South this past year for the first time since 2008. Had an offense, in my opinion, that could have got us to the Super Bowl this Sunday, but obviously that didn't happen. Uh, did not have a good performance against Baltimore. I'm rambling on and on and on. But, D, I'll just go ahead and go. Man, how are you feeling about the hire of Todd Downing and him being promoted to OC? Well, first of all, I say congratulations to Todd Downing because we have history together. Uh, you bet you don't even know the history that we have together, do you? No, I'm just joking. Actually, I used to live in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, which is the hometown of Todd Downing, and he went to Eden Prairie High School, home of the Eagles. Oh yeah, and how it, did I, how did I not know that? You know, he didn't. You know, yeah. God, out of all the places in the world, you don't know about Eden Prairie. I'm disappointed in you. Not matter of fact, and also he's a golden. Is it Gophers or is it Minnesota? Is it the Golden Gophers it's or the just golden the Gophers? Golden Gophers. I'm sorry uh, to the, all my good friends at the University of Minnesota, but uh, sure, we got a lot of great Minnesota faithful listening to this. So. I do. I used to live there. They they can't stand me, but I will say this: congratulations. 22 years in coaching is the second season with the Titans, and uh, I think this is a great hire because they stayed in house. This was something that I called. I alluded to it. I alluded to it in our last podcast, that this would be a great hire because he knows the DNA of this team. He understands the run schemes. And look at his unit. I mean, hey, let's just be honest. This was one of the most productive units, and I'm talking about the tight ends that we had on the offensive side of the ball this year. Look at it. John New Smith set career highs in receptions, 35 and nearly 500 yards receiving. We saw a lot of production. Uh, from Anthony Ferguson, Jeff Swain, Michael Michael Pruitt. We saw a lot of guys step up in that and, and make some big plays at big uh, pivotal times in the game. So I thought Todd Downing unit as a whole, they played lights out this season. And I think simply by they play uh, was really the reason that he got this OC job. Yeah, I mean, you called it. I'm I'm fine with the hire. Uh, I know some people that had seen Todd call plays before weren't exactly thrilled, but with what the Titans are looking to do, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. They understand the philosophy we're going with. And I mean, last time you promoted your tight ends coach, offense coordinator it worked out pretty well. Yep. Had one of the most prolific offenses in the National Football League the last couple of years, and it ultimately ended with him getting a head coaching job. So Mike Vrabel having his third offensive coordinator in what will be his fourth season, but it's at least been under good terms for the most part. I mean, heck, the other two have landed good. jobs as terms. NFL head coach. Exactly. So Matt that's, LaFleur, Green yeah. Bay. Yeah, I like we, we won't go into it, but Matt's offense was, was less than stellar, but him being a, a young offensive mind was going to allow him to get that coaching opportunity, and I thought, Outside of a few of the decisions he made his most recent game in the NFC Championship, I mean, hell, he's made it to the NFC Championship game twice with the Packers, yeah. so you can't you can't really complain too much there. No, you um, can't. So, but it's not. I really I really don't have that many thoughts on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see if they try to shake things up a lot. I mean, what do they do at the receiver position? It does not look as though Corey Davis is going to be coming back. He's likely going to be hitting the market as a free agent. There's a chance they resign him. I mean, I'm not saying it's completely out of the question, but we know the Titans' prized possession, their bell cow, and Derrick Henry is going to be back in the backfield. You got Ryan Tannehill, again, 
had a career year this past season. A.J. Brown had knee surgery, so he's hoping to come back full strength. We hadn't talked about this, Denard, but A.J. said that the doctors mm-hmm. kind of advised him to call it quits after week two. Yeah. He said, nope, I'm going to keep playing. And, I, I mean... He should have been on IR at the beginning of this at the beginning of this season. The fact that he played with two bad knees uh, this past year, that just shows you the grit in A.J. And I, I know and they that, didn't have it, but, I mean, he got selected to the Pro Bowl. Like, yeah. So that's it's incredible. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's good to see what the Titans are going to be bringing back on offense. Hopefully get Taylor Lewan healthy. You're still going to have Roger Saffold. And, I mean, the right side of the line, I feel like Nate Davis is is growing into that role. He's going to be a really good player. Dennis Kelly, another guy that is is serviceable. The, the big question, and Denard, you might disagree here, but I don't expect to see Isaiah Wilson actually ever take a legitimate snap with the Titans. Talk about a whiff. We'll see what happens. I mean, when we get into terms of what the Titans need in the draft, I feel like most of that conversation is going to be on defensive personnel. I wouldn't exactly be shocked to see them go back for an offensive tackle here early on. Like It, w- it wouldn't surprise me the least bit. Uh, John Robinson by far had his worst offseason this past year. You whiffed on both your edge rushers. You whiffed on your first-round pick. The rest of the draft class, I mean, your second and your third-round picks were injured for most of the season. You didn't really see much of the guys that J-Rob drafted this year make huge impacts throughout the season. I mean, Christian Fulton did probably the most, was the most productive of all the draft picks. But again, like, you didn't didn't get to see him a ton. So we'll see what happens this year. and what John Robinson decides to do, and that really kind of is going to allow us to transition to talking about the defensive coordinator role. Denard, I, I'm going to get your thoughts. I don't like promoting Shane Bowen to D.C. I I look at it as a, a lazy move. Where what? Tell, tell me where I'm wrong. Well, first of all, you are not a very nice person, okay? Let, let me just say this. And I told you, and I'm going to continue to tell you this over and over, is that I love you like a brother I never wanted. It's because of what you just said, and you say these kind of things. And let me go back and say this about Shane, Mr. Shane, Mr. Shane Bowen to you, matter of fact. Now, we talked about last year that this team didn't have a defensive coordinator, right? Right? They did not have a... Right, with the title. Quote, unquote, yeah, defensive defensive coordinator. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> they did have a defensive coordinator, and it wasn't Mike Vrabel. Ah, guess who it was last year that was calling the defensive yeah, snaps? Shane Bowen. Shane Bowen, baby. Now, let me tell you something, this, and, I, and I'm going to say this. Let me, you know I'm not a stat guy, but this is what his defense did last year. But I don't blame Shane Bowen because there's 11 guys on the field, and they have to – you know, they have to be accountable for their production. So if they didn't produce last year, it's not always the coach's fault, first of all. And let me say this. They finished 28th out of 32 teams in the league. They finished 28th in total yardage allowed. Okay, that's unacceptable. If you're trying to get where? To the Super Bowl. That's the ultimate 
prize. That's what we played a game for as a former player. At least I did. They were 29th against the past, and they were last in getting off on third downs. That is not going to cut it. That's not championship football, right? And they were 19th against the run. So the way I look at it, look at this is Shane Bowen, he's got a lot of work to do. But you know what? Rather than going outside of the door, you basically stay in in-house. You understand you got a young coach who's only, well, what is he, what, 34 years old? Yes. I'll look he's that up. I honestly don't. No, he is. I'm just okay. He's 34 years old. Okay. He's from Pinkerton, Ohio. He went to Georgia Tech. And let me just say the reason that I like this hire is if you have a problem, okay, you're a coach, your job is to find a solution, right? I would say yes. Right. That's an easy question. So <laughs> what you do is this. He understands the holes in this defense. He understands what needs to be filled, okay? He understands that they got a lack of production, especially at his position last year. I'll say that Harold Landry stepped up and played pretty good, but the outside linebackers as a whole, I'm not going to blame this on Jadavion Clowney, but I did like the emergence of Derek Roberson. I thought the young guy came in and played well this year. That's another issue they might need to address. But as a defense as a whole, let's just, let's just be honest. This wasn't a defense that we uh, witnessed in the past. So he knows what needs to be done. He knows what he needs to do. Rather than go out, go outside of the building and say, you go get a guy that I like was Chris Richard. I think Chris Richard is a great mind. He's a young coach and he understands secondary. What you do now is basically you get your defensive staff right now. And what they're doing is that they're putting the pieces together and they're saying, listen, we need to address this. Nobody knows, uh, it's not a mess, but if you stay in house with the hire, that, that gives you a better chance at really knowing what you have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? So they know, listen, we don't need to go outside of this building and, and go get somebody that really don't know the DNA, the makeup of what we're trying to do here. Stay in house. Give him a chance to basically say, this is my role. I accept this. And if it goes bad, you know, say next year, which I doubt it, I think he's going to do a great job. And the reason I think he's going to do a great job, because he understands there's a lot of holes that needs to be filled. When you stay in house, what you do is you give a coach chance. You give him a chance really to address those issues. But how do you address those issues is to know the makeup of your players. When you get when you bring in a coach from the outside, he really doesn't know what he's inheriting. Yeah, he might say, I'm, I'm getting this, I'm getting that. But the way that you understand the holes in a scheme is to understand the players that you got. Denard, I love your positivity and you always have an optimistic outlook on almost every situation that we have ever talked about. Because there's a solution to pretty much everything we go through in life. There, There is usually a solution, but sometimes people don't choose the right solution. No. Or the right answer to get to that solution is probably the, the best way to to go that way. Here's Here's what I'll say. I believe 100% with 100% of my being that John Robinson and Mike Vrabel are doing whatever it takes to have the want to and to to make this football team better. Last year without Dean Pease, it was evident that this defense took a giant step back. And while they kind of get, like 
we just mentioned, I mean, Shane Bowen was your de facto defensive coordinator. He was also handling the role as outside linebackers coach. They are going to take that off of his plate. But it's, it's, it's Mike Vrabel's defense at the end of the day. And with this move, it tells me that him and John Robinson think that it's not so much a coaching issue as it is a personnel issue. But at the same time, I thought that there were probably some names you could get to come in and, and spice this defense up a little bit, but apparently they did not feel that that uh, was warranted. They could have... There were a few things they could have done, but they ultimately decided not to do it. So now I need to see them actually go out and get some personnel to make this team better because one of the worst things you can do as a franchise is you can have the talent to make a deep run each and every year, but you never, but you waste it by neglecting one side of the ball, if, if that makes sense. I know whenever well, D, your team all... went to the Super Bowl, I mean, yeah, Titans were but, firing on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But that wasn't the case the year before, but they didn't make any per, uh, per, uh, staff, you know, any personnel changes. Uh, we basically kept the same team. What we did was, listen, if you lose a few guys and a few pieces to the puzzle, that can hurt your team. Listen, let's take go back to year, what, 2019. One guy that really played lights out in that secondary was Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan played really good. He was a solid player, okay, very solid defensive back. And sometimes when you lose just one piece of that puzzle and you try to bring in another piece like Jonathan Joseph, that puzzle, may, it might not fit. And you say, well, Denor, you lose one piece. Does it make that much of a difference? Yes. I'm going to give you, I'm gonna give you a little, uh, little playback. Just go back, fast forward. As someone told me this, and I don't want to harp on this, but so let's say in 2000, we had the number one defense ranked in the National Football League. After that year, we knew that there's going to be some guys that were going to be leaving in free agency. Marcus Robertson left to go to Seattle. Marcus had been there for 10 years, uh, part of the Houston and the Tennessee Titans organization. And he's a great coach now in Arizona. He's a defensive back coach. A uh, guy by the name of Denard Walker. Uh, you probably know that guy. He's a real good-looking guy. I think I heard um, of him. Yeah, he's really, you know, I don't want you to show any pictures of it. But so he ends up leaving to go to Denver. He takes a free agency deal. So they bring in a guy by the name of Deron Jenkins and put him in number 25. He looks nothing like Denard Walker, and he played nothing like Denard Walker. Also, you had a uh, change in the staff, the personnel. So Greg Williams ends, ends up leaving to go to Buffalo along with Jerry Gray. So what happens is you had a lot of key pieces to that puzzle that allowed that team to have a chance to go 26-6 and six over two years, uh, one Super Bowl appearance, and they won the AFC in 2000. So this is, this is a team that, you know, was primed on something great. But you got to understand, you just can't bring in one or two pieces and expect them to do the same thing uh, that the previous players did uh, that past year. It doesn't work like that. So when you lose a guy like Logan Ryan and then you bring in Jonathan Joseph or you think you're going to plug in the rookie Christian Fulton, who was pretty much injured all year, that was kind of a blow to the defensive back, the unit, the secondary. A lot of people don't realize is that this game, it's, it may, when you're on the field, there's 11 pieces that have to be working together. And you got to make sure that you have a coach that knows how to put those pieces in the right place at the right time. If not, 
then disaster might strike. You know, we basically, we witness that every Sunday or Monday when we see things go wrong. That's because players are not on the same page. I think with Shane Bowen, he knows, okay, the makeup of this team. He knows the personnel. He knows the identity of this defense. So he knows how to get the best out of these guys. Why? He knows them personally. He's been around these guys for a few years. So what you do is let him coach. Give him the title so we don't have to worry about who's making the calls or who's not. Give him that responsibility and just let him coach. So now he doesn't have to coach outside linebackers. You can just let him go and just make those calls and focus on that. And now you promote who's going to uh, it's going to be the new outside linebacker coach. Now you got to go hire somebody else because it's, um, his, it's is it, no, it's uh, Ryan Crow. Crow. Okay. Yeah, Ryan so, Crow. So do they bring? So now you bring in a new outside linebacker coach, and now he just focuses on making the calls. It's too much for uh, to ask a coach to try to coach a position and make a call. This is not college. This is pros. And most coordinators, their their primary job is to make that call, okay, that one call a game, okay? If there's 64 snaps, they get 64 calls. And that's that's going to be his primary role this year. Let him focus on making the calls and let his position coach focus on just coaching the guys and, and putting them in place to make plays. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I mean, Denard, we'll look back on this. I mean, time, time will tell. That's that's ultimately how we're going to be able to determine what happened here. And and so I, I can tell that you and I are sort of on different sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. And that that's all right, man. Like, as as we know, everyone is entitled to their opinion, whether or not they're they're right, such as myself. Um, but uh, I just... But that's I, the I mean, greatest thing, you know? I don't, I'm going to cut you off, but see... Only time will tell. That's the way it works in the National Football League. That's why they call it not for long. We've been witnessing that in uh, was at Cleveland for the past twenty years. <laughs> we basically watch so many coaches come in and come out. Each year they think we got the guy. You know, we finally got our coach. Well, and then what happens in somewhere in the midseason? It's like he's gone. He's not our guy. We saw them fire Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams last year. Who was the coach? He was a former. Uh, Quarterback well, that, at Alabama. There's a difference. Yeah, there's I, like I, I Freddie know, Kitchens. But, right, Freddie Kitchens. I was, I was just going to say, it's like when you promote a bad coach, and that, that's on you. And but there's no, there's no bad coaching. You know why? Because I know people want to talk about coaches being bad, yeah, when they're not winning. It's like Lane Kiffin. Oh, he was a bad coach. No, he's not. There's no such – because you know why? If they couldn't coach, they wouldn't be at this level. They got to put in the work just like everybody else. And when they get promoted to an offense or a defensive coordinator position, baby, that's years of, of working and grinding and putting yourself in a position where your guys, you when you go into a job interview in the National Football League, they don't just hire to hire. They want to see a resume that is worth them saying, hey, he's our man, at least at this time. And, and, and only time is going to tell. it, And that's what success is. That's true. But just because you're successful in one area of – 
of the game doesn't necessarily mean that's going to translate to the new the new role that you have. I mean, we've seen guys that have been great defensive and offensive coordinators that get promoted to head coach. They don't yeah. know how to manage a team. They don't understand the the game management system that needs to be put in place to where they're making the correct calls, when to take a timeout, when to go for it here. I mean, it's there's so much that goes into it. And so while some guy might have been great working his way up the ranks and been good at being a position coach here or being a position coach there, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out for him whenever he is the guy making the call for what the defense is going to be running. And that's why it's a game. I mean, think about yeah. it. Look at Mike McCarthy. I mean, when they hired him in, here in Dallas, everybody was like, oh, we got our coach, you know, coming from Green Bay. You know, he's coached Aaron Rodgers for nine years in Green Bay. Mike McCarthy had one of the longest tenures in Green Bay history as far as a coach, but it hasn't translated uh, to victories here in Dallas. You just don't know. That's the greatest thing about this game. You don't know. You just don't know. It's all about chemistry. Look at what's going on in Cleveland right now with Kevin Stefanski. I mean, what they've been through, 69,482 coaches in Cleveland, and they finally got that guy. It just Everything is really about chemistry, Davey. It's no such thing as a bad coach. Well, I'll take that back. There's one, but I'm not going to mention his name, okay, because he's pretty big and I don't want to have to fight him. But I will say this. It's all about the chemistry. It's about putting Baker Mayfield with a young-minded coach, a 38-year-old coach from, you know, was he's from Philly. And Kevin Stefanski kind of looked at his bio. But it's, it's, it's just about gelling and chemistry. I think Tennessee stayed in-house because they truly believed on the offensive, defensive side of the ball. We have something. We got chemistry there. So let's not break this up. So right now, I know things don't necessarily look good if you're looking outside in. But if you're looking inside out, as far as a player, general manager, and coaches, you're saying, you know what, Shane Bowen, he's worked his way to get this chance, to get this opportunity. Now, we don't know what's going to happen. That's the greatest thing about a game. You just don't know. You know, it's just like what's going on in Tennessee. It's not that Jeremy Pruitt is a bad coach. If he was a bad coach, I guarantee you he wouldn't be the def- he, w- he wouldn't have been the defensive coordinator at Alabama. Nick hired, Nick Saban doesn't hire bad coaches. You got to prove your worth. Sorry, I'm, I'm giving sorry. you, he was, he was. He, he, now, now look, you mad now. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Not, I'm not even going to say nothing. I'm not going to say nothing. You mad. You, you're turning red. <laughs> uh, we're not, we're not getting into Jeremy Pruitt, but he's one of the <laughs> coaches I've ever watched in my life. I know. I just kind of um, wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> now it's like, but, but that's the thing. It's, it, it's all about fit. And I mean, you mentioned chemistry and so. I think we're actually seeing this this issue really from the same lens. We're just coming to a different conclusion at the end of the day where it's like, all right, well, it, 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 you're viewing it as he understands what the problems are and he knows what he needs to do to fix it. It's just, is he capable of doing that? Does he have the ability to make those adjustments where need be? And from what I saw this past season, taking all that evidence into account, Unfortunately, I don't think he's the right guy for the job, and I could be wrong. And it's one of those situations, D, where like I, it's like, I hope I'm wrong because I, I see that the talent that the Titans have is in the upper echelon of the NFL right now, and this is a team that, with the contracts that you have set up, like you have to make your run now for not having killer contracts for a lot of your best players. And if you lose that window then you never know what's going to happen. It's always going to be a, man, what if this would have happened or, or, or here? And I mean, I, I understand that, like that's why we love the game because there's so many different outcomes. 
but it's just from what I saw this past season with Shane Bowen, even with another year just having that de facto or, or having the official title of defensive coordinator, I just don't think that's going to be enough to make that change. And I understand like a lot of this also falls on John Robinson and Mike Vrabel's shoulders as far as getting personnel that's going to be able to come in and, and make an impact. But just some of the decisions and the way the players were put in positions last year, I was just not not in, enthusiastic about this decision to go ahead and promote Shane. And I, I hope I'm wrong, man. Like I, I said, like I really want him to come out and this team to really take a step back up to what we saw whenever Dean Pease was here on the defensive side of the ball. But from what I've seen so far, and unless we get some like incredible pieces on that defensive side, like I just I just don't know if that's possible. And if I honestly, if the third down statistics weren't so bad this past year, I don't think I would feel as bad about it. But sometimes, man, it's it's just a mental thing, and I I don't know if if this is going to be enough to get the team over the hump. And that that's where I'll, I'll leave it at for for right now on the defensive coordinator note. And as I said, man, time will tell. We'll we'll eventually figure out what happens once we see this team get back out on the field next September. But you just said it all. I mean, the three letter time will tell. You just said it all. That's with any coach. Let, let me go through. You know what I love about John Gruden? Do you ever watch his show? You know, the FFCA? You know what that stands, <laughs> you know what that stands for? Future Fired Coaches Association. You know when he does the uh when he goes through and he brings all those draft picks in and they go through reading the defenses and things like that. I love that when he FFCA, Future Fired Coaches Association. I was just going through this little list of, you know, great hires or great coaches and great minds of football. And tell me, what do all these great coaches have in common, Davey? I'm sure they've been fired. Uh, wait, 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 go. wait, wait. Okay. You, you gotta let me you gotta let me talk. Doug Marone. Can I can I say one thing real quick? Say it. The paper I wrote to graduate law school was on Uh-oh. coaching contracts. All right. And the number one thing you learn outside of like three examples, and like we know who these coaches are, it's not a matter of if you get fired, it's a matter of when. Thank you. That's so I what I just thought FFCA. Future Far Coaches Association, John Gruden, basically orchestrated that great business venture. I think this is great. But let me give you some some really great names. Doug Marone, Dan Quinn, Bill O'Brien, Adam Gase, your favorite, Anthony Lynn, and mine's, of course. Doug Peterson, all of these, Matt Patricia. Do you want me to keep going on and on? I could go all day. I think you know, one of those is a good head coach. Okay. You think one of them? They're all great head coaches. They're not know? all great head coaches. Oh, Come on, no D. Oh, you know what? I know, I know you've been in the league. I know you You know a lot of these guys personally, man. What, but makes like, them great? What, what, what makes a coach good and what makes a coach bad? What What really? I mean, let's well, just, At the end wait, of the day, it's their record. What, 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 I love this. Bill Belichick, a few years ago, he's the greatest coach ever. He's the greatest coach ever. Bill Belichick, no other coach. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, oh, now what happened this year? Oh my goodness! Up what until happened? this year, up, up until this year, uh, really. Bill was Belichick was the last coach to get a win in Cleveland uh, in the he playoffs. Was in Cleveland. Okay, he was fired in Cleveland. 
technically, I think they had already made the move to Baltimore. But oh, like, that's your okay. Point, your point stands. They, they didn't want him. So that's what I'm trying to – it's all about chemistry. I'll tell you what, in 2001, if Bill Belichick – you know who he owes for – you know, I, I like to say this. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they need right now – Are you now, about to bring they, up Adam Vinatieri? No, no, not Adam Vinatieri. You know, I was talking about this earlier in the show. And uh, Mo Lewis, Bill Belichick needs to thank Mo Lewis. If I'm Tom Brady right now, I'm sending over. Is that uh, the tuck roll guy? No, Mo Lewis was one of the best linebackers for the Jets. He was a just an extraordinary. They need to thank uh, whoever the official was who called the tuck roll. That's who they. Well, no, what Mo Lewis did is he ended up hitting, and I was telling somebody about this in 2001. He hit Drew Bledsoe. Now, Drew Bledsoe was a $100 million quarterback. He was a superstar, baby. He was the man in New England. Okay, I played against Drew Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe in 1998. Let me tell you something. You do not want to play against him. He literally can throw the ball 100 yards. I'm, I'm telling you, he had that kind of an arm, baby. And when you was a defensive back and you had to play against Drew Bledsoe and Terry Glenn and, you know, Troy Brown and, Sean Jefferson, I mean, they had on the perimeters, those guys were, they were not fast. They were blazing speed. And it was a cornerback's nightmare because you knew when you go to New England back in 1996, 97, in the mid-90s, oh, you was going to be in for a long day. I mean, you was literally going to earn that paycheck. And guess who was the greatest coach? He was the coach back then with Bill Belichick. No, it wasn't. It was the tuna. But back in 2000, yeah. It was Bill Parcells back in '98, and then Bill Belichick. Him up. I mean, I know we're not going to talk about uh, Parcells, but I will say this: in 2001, a pretty famous quote. Yeah, I know, but I will say this: is that I would just want to give Mo Lewis because he was great, but he was the one that hit Bledsoe, which is the reason why Brady was uh, basically went from the backup to the starter, thrust into action. Yeah, and, and, and now the rest is history. Now he's going to go down as arguably the greatest of all times. But basically, we what we witnessed with New England is you saw a a coach and a player, much like Montana and Walsh, the chemistry between those two. You know, that's Davy. That that goes so far in this game. I think people just don't understand how hard it is to coach in the National Football League. These coaches they have to earn their way up to get a job. And especially a coordinator job, you really got to you got to do double the load, you know, because now there's so much pressure on you and they just don't hire to hire in this in this um, what I like to call in this business. It's not a game. It's a business first. They hire you because when you bring that you bring that resume in, they want to see they want to see Shane Bowen. Why should we hire you? Okay, in 2017, you were the offensive coordinator for the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. You helped in 2015 and 2016. You helped Derek Carr when they drafted him in 2014. When we had him ranked 38 out of 39 quarterbacks at that time, you basically helped him uh, become a Pro Bowl um, quarterback for three years in a row. That's what they want to see. They want to see how are guys at the position that you're coaching, how are they developing? And if, if you're developing guys from year one to year four and they're progressing like Derek Henry, you know, that's what makes them hire you. They want to see what kind of work have you put in? What body of work do you have to show us? So when he gets a job like this or gets this kind of a title, it's not something that he just, there's no such thing as a great coach. 
It just depends on the chemistry. And that's what Tennessee said. He has chemistry. He has a rapport with these guys. So when you have that, they say, listen, let's not break that up. I know it doesn't look good from a stat, but guess what? I think he's going to do a great job. I, I truly believe that this is a good hire for Tennessee. I hope you're right, man. I, I really do. And I, I, I know we've kind of gone over a little bit on time today, but uh, one of the big things that's really going to determine how well he does, and D, you actually spoke about this whenever we did. Oh, man, I'm trying to think. I want to say Joey would believe in Bears asked you this question. Yes. But to see how big of an impact a rookie edge rusher can make when we got the freak. Like the Titans need to go out and they need to find another yeah. Javon Curse. They need to get a freak this year because I, I really think uh, Shane Bowen, the success of him being a defensive coordinator, a lot of that is going to depend on what the Titans do with the personnel standpoint, especially at the edge rusher position because they got to get more than just Harold Landry out there. And if these quarterbacks in today's NFL have all day to throw, there ain't a cornerback in the league that's going to be able to cover them long enough. But we'll get into that more next week. The Senior Bowl took place. Titans had some people down there taking a look at that. So much to get into as we dive into what the Titans might be doing. We'll look at all these different mock drafts. We'll get into that. But again, today's highlight, main takeaway, Titans have their OC. They have their DC promoting tight ends coach. Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator and outside linebackers coach. De facto DC from last year, Shane Bowen gets the official title of defensive coordinator for the Titans for the 2021 season. But D, on the way out, any final slash closing thoughts? Well, I'll say this. You just kind of, well, this kind of, this is a prelude, I guess, to our next podcast. I don't know if you want to talk about edge rushers and that might make a difference. But when you look at Kansas City, look at Frank Clark. You know, that guy. Just, just a monster. I know you hate him. That's why I brought his name up. And also, if you're looking on Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers, you got to look at William Golston and JPP, great edge rushers. Hmm. Maybe there's a little something into great edge rushers. Maybe if the Titans. Uh, yeah, but we, yeah, we just, had uh, Davion Clowney and Vic Beasley. Those were supposedly great edge rushers. It didn't exactly. They are. I just don't, don't, you, don't hate. Don't you hate. Don't hate. They won't be on the roster next year. I can tell you that much. But, hey, D, as always, buddy, I appreciate you showing up, even if I disagree with you a lot. Good. I love, I love doing this with you, man. But, uh, Good. That's why I love you like a uh, brother I never wanted. There it is. All right, man. Well, hey, we got to get out of here. But, as always, we appreciate everyone tuning in. And we will be back next week to do it again. Before Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.